Welcome back to Bold as a Fact. My name is Brit English. And I'm Ryan Ortega. We're both bold. And that's motherfucking fact. That Probably shouldn't have sworn, but it is what it is. Today we've got a special guest, Sean Kay. He's a leader of Uplift Retreats. He does manifestation magic workshops. He does guidance sessions one-on-one in a group setting. And um, he's what, what I would call a, a modern-day modern day shaman, not to overuse the word. But um, what, do you, what, do you, what were your thoughts on the chat? Um, it was very beautiful, man. Uh, very enlightening. Mm -hmm. Shared a whole bunch of information and he took us through a journey. But he also um, won Channel 7's Young Achiever of the Year Award, which, you know, is a big thing. It was a big thing, yeah. But very. at the same time, he didn't really want to celebrate it too much because it was, you know, the mainstream media. And he's got so many projects, so many ventures, so many things he's working on that he's truly deserving of, of such an award. Yeah, it's, it's admirable. Yeah. yeah, it is, it is. It's so admirable. I respect it and I appreciate it. And it's good to be recognized. Yeah, 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 100%. So yeah, thank you guys and yeah, enjoy the show. Beautiful, yeah. man. I appreciate you coming down, yeah. dude. Thank it's you. Appreciate thank it a lot. Yeah, classic. First and foremost, man, what made you move down to, um, down the South region? How long have you got? <laughs> yeah. um, COVID. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, so I was living in Bali. Yeah. Um, that had been my vision and dream for a number of years. Yeah. And the vision, had, I'd been through a real rough couple of years, highs, lows, depression, anxiety, then come out the other side. Um, the goal was moved to Bali, December 2019. And so that was on the vision board for a few years, finally happened, made the move over there, was running retreats in Bali. Um, you know, life was great. I remember thinking to like, I was living in um, a place called Sanua, on the quieter side of Bali literally the dream of like feet in the sand on the laptop at the cafe, like Beautiful. having juices, drinking yeah. coconuts. I was like, hey, yeah, was like, this is sick. But it still didn't feel 100% in my cells that it was like, that was, that was what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. That, was, that was where I was and that was where I needed to be at the time. And I, was, I happened to be, you know, in Perth when, the virus broke out of Wuhan. Mm. Um, I don't know why I used inverted commas, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. we don't know. Like, yeah. it, that's what happened. But I remember I was speaking at a conference in the city on the 10th of March, 2020. And as I walked in there to be briefed um, as the keynote, the lady was like going through all this, you know, we have to sanitize, we have to do this, we have to do that. Mm. I was like, okay, was, you know, whatever. Um, pretty weird what's happening over there in China. Um, and obviously then it all went bonkers and I was in Perth due to fly back to Bali where all my you know, belongings still are somewhere. <laughs> and I made the decision, I was like, look, I'm just gonna wait it out and see mm, what happens, happens here. And then old Marky Mark made the announcement of, Marky you Mark. know, can't go from Peel to Perth and can't mm. travel within WA. And at the time I was like, I can't stay at home with mum and dad for the next two months, so yeah. I, need to, I need to do something. And you know, the universe always has your back, like mm. I'm sure you guys, whatever you want to call it, God or higher power. Yeah. And at that time, I just knew one, one guy down in Dunsborough, like one, one old fella that had a um, retreat, you know, sort of place. Okay. And I just called, I was like, hey Rick, any chance you've got something available for the next two months during this lockdown? So yeah, actually the whole resort is is empty. You can have your own villa, um, all expenses paid for 250 wow. bucks a week. So 
down there I went. That's pretty that's good. That's pretty gangster, man. It was amazing. It was right on the waterfront, Geograph Bay. And that's where I stayed for two months mm. in effectively lockdown, even though I was still surfing every day, going to the cafe every day. But I really had that space like, you know, most of us did to mm. step back and reflect on yeah. where was I at? Was this dream or fantasy I was living in Bali really what I wanted? And I committed to the, the breath work that I practice and, and, and teach and guide for almost three weeks straight. Okay. And it's crazy how it works. Like my teacher, one of my teachers, Jake Loretto, always says breath work finds you. Mm. And I was literally driving home from Coles one afternoon and I realized I was, which is the conscious connected breath that we use. And I was like, oh shit, like I need to go back to the breath. Mm. And that's when I committed. And I've, long story short, landed down there, repivoted the entire business, basically closed the business that I had dreamt or started that was letting me live in Bali mm. and launched Uplift Retreats. Nice. That has just been the most incredible 12 months, 18 months yeah. of my oh, life. Wow. Yeah. We've had six retreats with 20 people on each retreat and just incredible beautiful human beings that are passionate mm. about healing, passionate about making the world a better place. And none of that would have happened if it wasn't for the outbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. that's true. I know a lot of my friends who went, or went through COVID who were very materialistic and in the material world suffered you know, greatly from it, you know, mental breakdowns or wealth and that sort of stuff. But those who were on their spiritual journey had a really, had a really smooth transition. Like I myself had a really amazing job finding me straight afterwards, new house, had a lot, a lot of money come in, just everything just flicked in the right way with COVID, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was strange in the middle of a pandemic. But I suppose when you just surrender, magic happens, eh? That's the, the big word, surrender. surrender yeah. mm. Whether it's, you know, breath work, surrender. Plant medicine, surrender. Life, surrender. surrender yeah. The more mm. we try and, like, I did my, when I did my yoga teacher training, there's a word um, in the teachings, uh, and I think it's abhinyasa which is clinging to life. Mm. And if you cling to life, it makes the mind, body and soul sick. And that's throughout the teachings, you know, shamanism, ancient, you know, Indian philosophy, mm. there's this fear of not having control, but the more you cling to having that control, that's what creates illness. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it's more like a resistance thing. So the more you resist, the sicker you get. Exactly. Like the more, the more you resist, the more it persists. 100%. Yeah. There's, a, there's a fella in, around here that does a podcast, Lockie Samuel, um, and he says, um, whatever you damn will damn you back. So it's like whatever yeah. you push against, it'll push back to you. Oh, okay, yeah. And there's something I learned from a Shaolin monk. I, can, I will do it here, actually. This will be my impersonation live with you guys. Beautiful, mate. He has this thing about life, and he says, this is life. And when we push, we can push and use all this energy and push and push and push and push and push until it comes back okay. and oh, it hits okay. us. And we can continue to push it away and resist it and use all this energy and it will always come back. Mm. And it's the same with when we pull life. We yeah. can pull it so tightly and hold on and all it wants to do is go again. So it's about finding that balance. Mm. 
finding that you know presence whatever you want to call it where you surrender and be like some days it's going to push me some days mm. it's going to pull me and just doing that's the dance of life that is yeah. you know getting good at that is is freedom mm. that's pretty cool man because yeah, awesome. i know you've done quite a lot man i've been looking at your social media and that sort of stuff in front of keep up with everything you're doing but there's a lot of stuff one thing i did notice was that you were doing um seminars or teachings with kids and that sort of thing were you going around to schools or how so i used to be that? a school teacher okay. oh wow yeah. cool so yeah. from 23 to 28 i yeah. was teaching uh 16 17 year olds most okay. of them were in a program where they were disengaged at, at normal school okay and they a lot of them would come into our program having extremely low attendance, extremely low literacy, numeracy, like mm. that. Long story, they basically didn't give a fuck about school. Yeah, they were like, yeah. school is not for me. I don't even want to finish year 12. Like, you know, just want to drop out. And they'd, they'd come into this program that I was a part of and all of that stuff would turn around like wow. incredibly quickly, like 97% yeah. attendance, 90 nine percent graduation like that's crazy and i had a group of 25 to 30 and they were my class for the whole year so they oh, always wow. came to me so i did i ended up being like a father figure mm. for most of them but i'd have fun with them you know i wasn't yeah. always mr serious we'd do meditation we'd do yoga mm. we'd go like to the beach some fridays awesome. there was a lot of sport crazy, involved yeah. and the program still runs here in perth wow. but I outgrew that role. Yeah, yeah. Especially after 27 was when I had a big mental breakdown. That's when I was teaching, mm. and I had to take time off from teaching and yeah, and all of that. Um, but then the more I evolved and grew through that process of mm. healing, the more I wanted to share what I was learning with people. Yeah. And so I started implementing it within my program, but then systems, school system. Um, my management didn't like me focusing my time on that stuff that we yeah. would say really matters. They wanted me to be focusing on ticking the boxes and, and doing yeah. the administration and making sure they were filling out their paperwork correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, all the stuff that I knew was making a difference, they wanted me to sacrifice for the shit that I knew wasn't going to serve those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then I stepped out of that role and I did a bit of um, work for two years where I launched Smile Teachers, which was a business I was running. Yep. And I was coming into primary schools and teaching the kids all these breath work techniques, meditation nice. techniques, helping from like, you know, four years old to 12 years old, mm. how to regulate your nervous system, oh, how cool. to catch those emotions that are overwhelming and then, you know, use a breathing technique to mm. calm yourself down. Um, and I even wrote like a little children's book where the kids go on a journey and they learn how to breathe like a shark and an eagle and an elephant. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's, pretty, that's dope, man. That's yeah, very dope, man. It, yeah. was, um, it, was, it was a very, you know, big two years. And I was, again, before old Rona, planning or books to go to London and Wales and a few other places to nice. like speak at education yeah. conferences about this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think... And I've had a lot of people recently, you know, be like, how come you're not doing the, the school stuff? And so what I'm doing now is I'm working a lot with parents 
running workshops with the parents so then the parents can support the kids. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. And um, I really just don't feel like stepping into a school again. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Just I because would... even though I know I'm making a difference, yeah. I also know how stuck that whole system is. Yeah. And I see so much in there that I'm just like... That red tape. Yeah, yeah, I feel really... Actually, it's one of the spaces where I feel really stuck in a way where it's like I don't feel like this is the best use of my time that's fair that's fair yeah I feel like I'd love to be able to come in and be this renegade warrior that changes the whole system and gets Mm. people on board but it's a long way off that happening yeah 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 what is it um I I genuinely wish we had something like that when we were younger exactly that would have been a game changer man exactly even like down where I live there's Montessori school two Montessori schools and a Steiner school and the kids are very much like in nature, they're playing, they're getting dirty, they're like mm. doing yoga, they're doing like meditation, they're doing kirtan singing and all of this yeah. stuff that we should all be doing. The, yeah. the, the, the simple stuff of like being in a tribe again and like singing and dancing and playing, but they still even like having connections with their principles, he still has to follow all the stuff that's laid out by the government. Mm. So the government wants to see where you're doing all these little checklists boxes, yeah. and boxes and things like can you count to 10, can you, like, which you know, are important. But once a child gets to like eight years old, mm. it becomes all about the numbers and the academics. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, like, they, they test in year three when they're eight. They do the NAP mm. plan, which is like a standardized test that I've literally had to teach these kids how to do the test. And I've been going through the questions with them and being like, how is anybody supposed to figure this out? Mm. Like they actually word it to trick the kids uh, into not being able to figure out the answer. Like when you see the answer, when you see the answer, you can generally work back to see how they got the answer. But like it's designed to basically separate all those kids into categories and be like, here's the kids that need special support Mm. here's the kids that are relatively okay here's the academics that we want to just keep you know pushing okay that is feeding the machine essentially yeah it's kind of like a filter like a sifting system exactly it also destroys your confidence though you get labeled with like special needs or whatever else you see kids during that week of school Mm. and the anxiety and overwhelm and just by thinking about having to do this test because then it 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 puts so much more pressure on them because then the parents are at home like, you know, you've got to do this and study and do well. And this is mm. at eight years old. Like at eight years old, they're already thinking about if you don't get this right now, you're going to have trouble getting into university when you're 17. That's the biggest lie though. Yeah, getting right. into university. I didn't even finish year 12. I got into university with a cert four in fitness. Yeah. Like <laughs> legitimately. Exactly. There's so many ways to get in now. You School, can even do yeah. um, what's it called? Uni ready. Uni ready is a way that you can get into uni. I think they, the, they like it. The unis yeah. will take anybody just about. Oh, 100%, yeah. man. I know a guy that is in medicine now that similar didn't do ATAR or TE at school. Mm. Um, was a PT for a few years. Then he did an exercise physiology degree. Then mm. he was like, oh, I'm actually pretty keen on medicine. So he just nice. studied for his stat test or whatever they call it. Yeah. Failed the first time. Like, good on him for persistence. Yeah. Second time around, he got in and now he's doing medicine. Oh, oh wow. But That's pretty crazy. It's like the same thing with the school system, the uni system. 
Mm. It's just we all have these opportunities to like go to university and get this hex debt, and then hex what debt, is a hex yeah. debt? Nobody knows what hex yeah, debt is. It's, until it's just a debt. That's good, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I got I got the fee help debt, which is like hex debt, but with a twenty five percent interest on it to the government. It's like a it's like bribery or blackmail to go to Curtin. Yeah, and it, that's all you can go to. Is it twenty five? I want to go to Endeavour. You know, is it twenty five? Twenty five percent per year, or like just oh, throughout man. the whole thing? It's I think it's twenty five percent. I can't remember. I think the total bill is twenty five percent extra that goes to the government. But every single year you get a short-term loan, which is involuntarily, to pay back the large sum, and you pay interest on both. It's, Man, it's that's, so dodgy. That's theory, I, just did one, I just did one year, and I'm still paying off like 12 grand or something like that, and it, it just goes down so slow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's robbery, man, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. dude. And then other PTSD. countries, like my ex-girlfriend's Italian, her university's free. It's all paid Germany for. as well, yeah. Physiotherapy yeah. degree. There's no better investment than the um, education of your own citizens, I yeah. would find, for productivity, but. That's a whole other rat hole there. Yeah. A whole other rat hole. Um, so one more thing. The Manifestation Magic Workshop was what I wanted to ask you about. Because that... I Manifestations, yeah. It's yeah. a big big part of my life. And I think collectively what people are realising now, and if they haven't realised it now, they, they potentially will, is that there's all these coincidences that happen. Or we call them coincidences. Mm. Of like we, we meet that person or the, we see that thing and then we see it again. And then it's like, okay, this is kind of weird. I can hand on heart say that manifestation works, whatever that structure looks like for you. Um, I've done a lot of, like I was at 15, like nerding out on um, Tony Robbins and yeah, Jim that, Rowan yeah. and Bob Proctor and like all these like gurus. Bob Proctor, he's like, the boss as well. At 15? Yeah. 15, at 15, yeah. Bro, bro, I was like 23 crazy. when I first had looked at yeah, this stuff. Yeah, same, man. Because at the time early. I was obsessed with sports and I wanted to be the best like footballer that I could. So I was like, no, I don't like I don't know how. I just know that who I am today, all of that stuff had to happen. But mm. like I've had journals since I was that age, and I've actually been going through a process at the moment where I'm going back through all the old journals. Mm. I'm actually burning and letting go of any of the stuff yeah, that, I that story. is um, <laughs> no longer serving. That's like a hook. It's a hook that's still in me. It's energetic cord that's still mm. there of like the girl that broke my heart or you know whatever. But there's so much in there of like those people, Eric Thomas, um, Les Brown, like all these. Les Brown's a fucking yeah. boss. Yeah. That guy's yeah. underrated. I love him, man. Yeah, Everyone should know who Les Brown is. Fear put people in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Um, yeah, Zig Ziglar with his like Austin, Texas yeah. accent. Like, Zig Ziglar's fucking funny. The thing with all of that was that was that was really reprogramming my mind mm. and restructuring like my belief system back then, and then. I started in my 20s really getting into law of attraction and mm. almost like the unseen. And so I did, a, I did a program even last year during COVID with Gabby Bernstein, who's very feminine, law of attraction. Mm. But back, you know, early 20s was Abraham Hicks, who's you know, oh, yeah, channeling, yeah. channeling law of attraction, yeah, you know, vibes. Yeah. And I can like almost channel my own now that mm. I've listened to it so much. Yeah. But, um, for me, the, the process now, everybody can do it. And I've got a PDF, it's in my Instagram bio. Anybody can mm -hmm. go and grab it and do the process. And it is about repetition and impact. Sorry, repetition and emotion. So mm -hmm. you create, from, this is just in the short of it. It's yep. like your vision, whatever that is. And if you don't have a vision, I, I question people on like, well, why are you getting up every day? What are you, what are you getting out of bed for every day? If you don't have a vision, for your life, 
in the future. Mm. It's like, what's inspiring you to move forward, to take those steps, to make those you know, choices if you don't have a vision, whether that's a better vision for the planet, whether that's a, some goals or manifestations for you and your family. Mm. Um, so it's getting really clear. And the first part I always suggest is, can people tell me their five values? So can people, have they worked it out down to the point of like the five things that they value the most? And can you give a word for each? And so for me, it's like spirituality, community, abundance, mastery, and the last one that I'm missing will come to me. Spirituality, community, abundance, mastery, mm. and connection. Oh, yeah. So abundance, that's health, wealth, happiness. That's, that's an abundance of health, an abundance of money, an abundance of you know, mm. everything you need to live the life that you desire. Spirituality, self-explanatory. Mm. Community, it's, it's like being connected and being you know, yeah. involved and having that community. Um, mastery, always learning, always growing, always mm. acquiring new knowledge and progressing on your soul's path and becoming a better version. Um, connection, you know, your love, mm. your family, being with those people that matter to you. Yeah. Um, and also yourself, being connected to yourself and spirit. Mm. And so you have the five values and it's like, all right, I know my values. What do I want to, you know, be doing in three years, five years, one year, even longer than that? And so the way that I like to do it, because the mind thinks in pictures, not words. And we've been taught at school, smart goals, where we write the goals out. Yeah. I will do X by this date. Mm. And I did that for years. Like I look through those journals, there's so many of those pages that say, I will do this. Well, what made you start journaling at such a young age? Tony Robbins probably said to, or I don't know, yeah. somebody, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody so, would have said, so, like, yeah. you know, start doing this, or who knows, man, I even got a tap on the shoulder from the universe that was like, yeah, start yeah. writing this stuff down. And I always knew, in my heart of hearts, I always knew I'd write a book, mm. which is in progress. That was another thing that started during COVID, and that yeah. the creative flow was there. And then it, it dissipated and so ah, I sort of enough. parked it. So it's kind of like an inspirational mm. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. What's the book going to be based around, if you don't mind me asking? The Hero's Journey. Oh, okay. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. So I think like basically reframing the hero's journey and mm. using my story to tell nice. that hero's journey. Because mm. obviously, as you know, that hero's journey keeps happening over and over. Yeah. But basically, what I'm, I'm feeling is the structure of the book will be similar to the hero's journey pathway. Was the hero's journey by Elliot Hulse or the Dan Millman? That created it, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, okay. Joseph Campbell was the OG. The original one, that, okay. That basically yeah. took a lot of the Jungian um, stuff, the archetypes and all of that, and then he created the hero's journey. Um, there's a brilliant documentary on YouTube called Finding Joe. Finding um, Joe. Finding Joe. Joe. Honestly, yeah. get, I get everybody that comes in our retreats to go home and watch that because it explains that whole process of leaving the ordinary world, mm. going to the special world. And that's where we, you know, we talked about that manifestation, that coincidences. Well, mm. it's the unified field and tapping into the unified field or tapping into the unmanifested where everything that is a thing came out of this place of mm. the unknown. That's true, yeah. And it's everything that you desire, that people listening desire, is available to you. Mm. And like I think of Bob Proctor, he's like, if you can hold it in your head, you can hold it in your hand. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like if you can visualize it, if you're having the thought yeah. that that I can have that or I want that, mm. 
it's entirely possible. And you know, Alberto, um, who I spoke about before, um, was just speaking this morning um, on his Shaman's View podcast about every thought that we have is going to manifest in the physical world in some way or another. Mm. So if you're thinking it, it is entirely possible that it can happen. Um, and so for me, you create the values, you create your list of goals, but you write them as positive present statements. So it's as if you're already that person. Yeah. So one for me PPP. was I've been working for the last few years um, on myself a lot and now I've finally been in a place where I'm like ready to receive the relationship yeah. and be in a relationship. And so the manifestation has been, and I've got them recorded on my phone as well, I am in an open and exciting, loving and expansive relationship with my number one supporter and the mother of my children. Mm. And so then there's emotion attached to it. It's like, yeah, it's, it feels good, it's open, it's expansive, mm. it's fun. And there's a picture on my vision board of a father, two little kids and a mother just facing into the distance, all holding hands. Very nice. So my mind has the picture, okay, I've got the language. Mm. And it's not like I was doing two or three years ago where I was sitting there every day like, repeating the affirmations like why is it not coming it not it's not coming okay. <laughs> keep repeating it it's going to be coming soon and it's like you create this resistance yeah you do it's right? like i've set this goal i'm not gonna lie i didn't know that i've been doing that the yeah, whole time. <laughs> exactly and so you know abraham hicks says set it and forget it mm. it's like so i just have the vision board on the wall in the house yeah occasionally occasionally i will you know glance up at it and recently when I did that and I had a lot more clarity at the time, I was like, all of those things are actually happening. So I, they're not fully manifested yet, mm. but I can see that that is a reality. I can see that that is a reality. I've just met that person and that could potentially unfold. Mm. And you've just got to get out of your own way with manifestation. True. Okay. And Gabby Bernstein, who I've learned a lot from, just mm. says, have fun and simplify. So you do the manifestation, you have the goals, and then you have fun, like during the day. If you're not having fun, mm. the universe isn't gonna give you what you want. Yeah. Because your vibe and the vibration of what you're trying to attract will be not different. Flashing, yeah. Mm. And it's, it's, it is, it's a challenge, you know? The world wants yeah. to beat you down and remind you of how you're not good enough or not worthy or whatever. Mm. It's like rising above that and being like, you know, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Mm. Yeah, so it's kind of like totally removing that possibility of doubt. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's ultimately the only thing stopping you from it is fear. That's, that's true. That's yeah. the true, dream yeah. killer that Les Brown talks about. He's like, yeah. your fear, which is an illusion, which doesn't exist, is the only thing stopping you from Mm. getting to your goals. Do you reckon the non-confrontation of your fear creates anxiety? Well, that's where mental illness stems from, as fear? Mm. Well, 100% mental illness stems from fear. Mm. And the whole idea of, you know, my brain's broken drives me insane. Like, it frustrates the hell out of me that mm. Western medicine, you know, makes people feel that, you know, there's something wrong with them. There's mm. nobody, there's nothing wrong with anybody. You are not wrong because once we wrong somebody and they believe that they're wrong, mm. that is what then manifests into the mental illness or the problem. It's very true. 
And it's again language. It's like, you know, I'm working on it. I, when I work with clients one-on-one, mm. and this contradicts and probably goes against and might even trigger some people, and I don't mean any disrespect to doctors or psychologists or psychotherapists, but mm. when I work with somebody and in our first session they say, I've got anxiety, I say there and then, let's make an agreement, you're not allowed to say that word again. Mm. And they're like, what do you mean? Because they've become so attached to that identity Mm. of my anxiety, I've got anxiety, I take this medication because of my anxiety. It's like they've, they've come to a place where they're reinforcing this positive feedback loop where every time something goes wrong or triggers them, it might even be the slightest thing like a, it used to be me. You get a, a, a bill in the mail and you open the bill and the first thing that it's triggered, fight or flight, stress response, oh, this is just my anxiety. The more you're saying that, the more anxiety comes. You get stuck in this positive loop. Yeah, there's a positive feedback loop and there's so much research that's been done. Jordan Peterson's another one that I love. Oh, he's amazing. Um, he's amazing. He's yeah. awesome. I yeah. think he's just a, a renegade for the world at the moment with, yeah. with everything that he's doing. Um, but, you know, he talks a lot about the, the serotonin and the, the dopamine oh, okay. and mm. the dopamine yeah. loop. And that's, you know, off camera before, I was talking to um, Brett about my journey after the mental illness, when I came off the antidepressants, threw, the, threw them in the bin and cold turkey, mm. left them in the rearview mirror. But then the next part of my healing was that my gut was so unhealthy and like not well. Mm. And I was reacting to so many different foods. I'd have coffee, I'd be fine. The next day I'd have some eggs, I'd react. The next day I'd have a coffee, I'd react. And like it was going on and on. And you mm. know what it feels like when you're Painful sick process. in the stomach. Yeah. Like you just, don't feel good. I'm going through that now at the moment. Yeah. I'm super sensitive to, to different foods, especially chocolate, which is really annoying because I love chocolate. But yeah. You can oh, just, really? You give you pain at sometimes or like gas bloating, but this is uncomfortable, irritable feeling. And I really got to like, I'm doing salary juice, medical medium stuff. Mm. But my only problem is, is the probably emotional eating yeah. or anxiety or whatever. I'm just like, ah, oh, eat some food. I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have eaten that. So, yeah. <laughs> what if. It's not fun. <laughs> right. Every. Condition like that, because mm. it's all energy. Yeah. I believe now with you know where we're at evolutionary and where I'm at with the work that I'm doing. Mm. So every energy wheel, every chakra, is where there's an endocrine gland located that produces hormones and a nerve okay. plexus. Mm. So if it's high around the solar plexus, it's to do with your power. Yeah. Where are you giving your power away? Where are you not in your power? Mm. If it's lower, it's lower. Yeah. Your sexual, your sacral, mm. your creativity, mm. your sensuality, mm. that flowy, feminine energy flowing through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what happens is we get that imbalance. The hormones in that endocrine gland are no longer doing their job and secreting properly. Mm. So it's about actually bringing all of that back into harmony, mm. which is really simple. And you're very aware of this already around your diet especially mm. breath because breath is the the, the one greatest medicine it is, yeah. it is yeah, their yeah, medicine first yeah. and foremost and mm. so breath diet and making sure that you're getting everything that you possibly can like i i'm not a big fan of supplements but there are some things that 
we all should be supplementing. Mm. Like D, vitamin D, vitamin D3, D3 especially. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, B complex. Yeah. Um, and I'm on an A, C, and E. So vitamin A, zinc, and it's an echinacea. Okay. All together in one. A, Z, and E. Yeah, saying. it's called zinc A, C, E. Zinc A, C, E, I like and that. Where do you usually get that? That one I just got from like the herbal naturopathy shop. Oh, okay. Because um, I try and get organic supplements where possible and ideally we would supplement them through food as in we'd be getting them through food but they're just mm. so hard to get um, but yeah for that for that stuff there it you know if it's a imbalanced microbiome mm. which is what i had i actually had too much good bacteria okay. okay so the balance was so out that streptococcus which is the one that's in all of your standard coconut yogurts okay in your kefir uh, in a lot of those coconut products, that's the, um, the main one. The one they use to make it do oh, its thing. Fair, fair. And so what happened was I had so much strep that all the other good bacteria were sort of hiding. Oh, was, okay. And the way the naturopath explained it was pretty cool. She was like, you're at a party and you're there with all your good bacteria friends yeah. and you're having a great time and then strep rocks up. And you know, he's like your, your jock, he's the guy <laughs> that comes in and like the whole vibe at the party just like sort of goes yeah, down because okay. Strep's come along with his little group of people. Mm. And she, so basically I had to actually cut out all the products that had Strep yeah. and then a few other things, but it was like I rebalanced my microbiome. But mm. what happens when you have that imbalance is, and this is where some people get diagnosed as intolerant. Okay. But again, none of these conditions exist you know, in the Amazon, in Africa, mm. where they're eating plain vegetables, very meats, clean, like yeah. very clean, yeah. organic. And so the, the thing on the markers on the charts is called fecal IgA. Fecal IgA is how um, soluble or how well you assimilate through your digestive tract right mm. down the bottom. And it should be like a pair of stockings. So it should be like a pair of stockings where those food particles can pass through and assimilate into your bloodstream. Mm. What happens when we get irritated or inflammation, you get holes in our stockings. So you're like a ladder in your stockings. And then mm. it could be a particle of chicken that you know comes through and mm. the bloodstream's not ready for it, yeah. so you react. It could be an apple. And it's actually not that you're intolerant, it's that your fecal IgA, your wow. intestinal um, tract is damaged. And so it's allowing these big particles to come through. That referred to as leaky gut? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a scary one. Yeah. yeah. And so that was going on for me a lot. Um, and I had to just, you, you know, go through the protocol. Mm. And I think every, I'm probably going to do a test soon again just to check up. But I think every six to 12 months, like just checking what's happening mm. with the gut. Because um, the, yeah, the, the diet that we have today is like, obviously, you know, not great. Um, yeah, we've just got to check in with that. Mm. Mm -hmm. How crazy. did we get to that? I don't know what we were talking about before that. Talking about manifestation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Manifestation, now we're talking we're about gut. Yeah. yeah. It just well, your powerhouse, that's what we're talking about. Oh yeah, the so, powerhouse yeah. and the your power, sacral. The power's all right, this is, I think it's, it's a sacral to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's a big yeah. one. It's lower here. And that's, oh, that's how we got to liquor gut, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how we got yeah. to it. Yeah. But it's also then below that, your base chakra. It's mm. like, do you feel safe within your body? Do you oh, feel okay. grounded? Mm. Do you feel stable? Are you in nature a lot? 
Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> people, people, yeah. people come to me, you know, to do a session, to work one-on-one, to, you know, it's generally something related to not feeling great or being unbalanced or they mm. know that they've got this, you know, this energy that's happening and they're like, oh, I just feel like mm. stuck or I don't know what it is or I think it's maybe my inner child or I think it's, you know, something from my parents. And first thing we look at is base chakra. Mm. And so many people feel so unsafe in their own body. So oh, they, really? they want the manifestation, they want the beautiful lifestyle, they want the partner, they want the job, whatever. Mm. But they have those things. It doesn't feel that hole that's, that's down there where the base mm. chakra from zero to eight years old is when it's forming. And that is when we feel safe, when we feel secure, mm. when we feel supported. And if we don't get that in some way, shape or form, yep. then we develop this belief system that I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, you know, mm. I'm not safe is the big one. But so they're trying to create this, you know, powerful person see a lot of people at the moment talking about oh, I'm in my king energy or in my queen energy and I'm like queen you know, energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like no you're not I'm yeah. like you're saying that you're trying to convince yourself mm. that you are yeah. and you're worthy of that but you don't believe that yeah and so the the physical manifestation is yeah maybe you look like you're this powerful person but inside internally they don't feel safe mm. oh, and gotcha. if you're in that energy you don't need to be saying that you're in that energy. Yeah. You feel it. People feel it. Mm-hmm. So if you're a you know a strong male who's sure of himself and who mm. feels safe, you know that. You yeah. don't have to be saying to everybody, mm. I'm a king or I'm a queen or you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Or hashtag you know, mm. big boy. You know whatever it is. It's like you just yeah. Warrior is a big one. You know. That, yeah. Hashtag warrior. Warrior. warrior energy. Yeah. I'm like okay. Well, we, do you know how to kill an animal with your bare hands? Like, could you do it? Like, are you a warrior? <laughs> yeah. Just little Things things like that. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. what tools and techniques did you do you use to like recognize these things in people, or even for yourself? Well, the first thing, which is a great question, because sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. Yeah. And. I can get very judgmental and critical mm. of other people, but we've got to remember that everybody's a mirror for ourselves. And at any point you recognize something in another that you don't like, mm. it's actually a part of yourself that you don't like. And yeah. so if somebody's triggering you, and I've mentioned this last night at my breathwork session, if somebody is triggering you, whether that is a partner or a lover or a government or whatever, ultimately it's showing you an unhealed part of yourself. Mm. Okay. And so yeah. checking in with that doesn't mean that what people are doing is wrong because there's a lot of that happening at the moment where there's people making decisions or whatever, taking your power away. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. <laughs> but even to the point of like, the people closest to us can really take our power away when they, mm. you know, have their own expectations and judgments and criticisms of us. And if we're like, I'm thinking of at the moment, there's just so much we're talking about it off camera, the spiritual bypassing that goes on of, you know, people, I don't know, putting on this show that they're bloody shooting laser beams out of their crystals and they're, they're the solution. This is a big yeah, one is yeah. when somebody somebody acts as if they're the solution to your problem or they oh, hold yeah. the power of like, you need to come and work with me to heal yourself. 
when it's actually you're the one that's doing the healing. And that's mm -hmm. why I love the breath work and the plant medicine and those things is because it's about holding space as the facilitator and mm -hmm. trusting spirit to do the work and allowing whatever unfolds to unfold. Mm -hmm. But what I recognize in other people- That's, 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 that's crazy, that's powerful. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's the whole, that's the way health should be is that it should be about empowering people to be their own healer. And that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do. Mm. And that's why I think I don't particularly like that school environment anymore because it was, it was very much implying that I had the solution, which mm. I did, but it was like this whole weight of the world on my shoulders of like, I've got to come in and, and change the life of these kids mm. and trust that the teacher in the classroom is going to get on board and follow through with what I'm delivering, mm. which rarely happened. And so back to your question of, you know, how do we check in and, and identify those things? I'll come back to my point before, do you have clear values? Okay, so your five values. And it can be five, it can be 10, it can be three. And it's like, if you see something happening that makes you agitated or frustrated, ultimately every negative emotion is trying to teach us something positive. Mm. So I bring it back to, does it align with my values? That person's doing this thing or this certain way. It's like, okay, that's cool. That's them, that's their stuff, that's their journey. I'm gonna stay in my lane and keep focusing on these things, my five values. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's because if you don't have that compass, what's leading you? There's a yeah, great good, quote yeah. that I think Peter Crone, I think I got yeah. it from Peter Crone was if you're, sorry, if you don't have a program from your mind, for your mind, if you don't have a program for your mind, then you're being programmed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very true. So your daily rituals, you know, the, the Shaman Way talks a lot about 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., prime time for meditation when the brain's still producing DMT. Mm -hmm. Interesting. The goal of all of those practices is to be awake in the dream. Yeah. And like even this morning, I was listening to the, this, the latest um, lesson and they talk about where well, there's clients that come in that say they can't remember their dreams anymore. And it, they tell a story about, they took a, took a guy to the Amazon and he had a liver problem and he took him to the shaman and the lady shaman asked, you know, what the problem is. He's like, oh, I've, you know, got this liver problem. She says, oh, well, tell me about your sleep. Because the liver does most of its work when we're asleep. Yeah. Mm. And he goes, oh, I don't know. And she goes, what about your dreams? And he says, oh, I don't remember my dreams. She says, you don't have a problem with your liver. You have a problem with not being able to remember your dreams. And so the, the, the method they give you, which I'm going to start trying as well, is to have a glass of water on the bedside table. Before you go to bed, you drink half the glass of water. And then the goal is you say, once I've finished dreaming, I'm going to remember my dreams and drink the other half okay. of the water. And then the goal is to drink the other half of water while you're dreaming. During the dream. During the while dream. While you're in the dream. So yeah, that's the next part. So for a little while you do half before that's bed, half when you wake up. And then the goal is you start to set the intention of, I want to drink the second half while I'm dreaming. I'm genuinely going to try this because yeah. I have trouble like remembering my dreams. We'll make, yeah. it, we'll make it packed. We'll yeah. check in and yeah. see. I, I'm actually going to try that too. Yeah, I'm actually going to try that. Do, yeah. do you write your dreams down? 
Sometimes, yeah. Yep. Sometimes when I have a really, I go through phases. There'll be there'll be phases where I can almost guarantee at three thirty in the middle of the night I'll come wide awake, and <laughs> any crazy shit can happen. I'll be like, you know, is there is there a spirit buzzing around in here? I'll be like the Palladians trying to talk to me. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And sometimes I'll sit up and feel into it. Other times I'll just lay there and, and feel into it. Mm. Um, and last year, yeah, last year when I was doing a lot of the the self practice, the breath work, and the plant medicines and stuff, I was having pretty epic ones. And just I'd, wow. I'd actually get my phone from my bedside table and just hit record and talk absolute smack into Voice it. Recorder. Voice, Voice recorder, recorder. Yeah. number one tool. Yeah. And yeah. then get into that, go yeah. and listen to it the next day. Then the, the the other thing that was super interesting was I actually use an app every night that listens to my sleep that looks oh, yeah, at my yeah. quality sleep. Yeah. And it I had the subscription for a while where you, you pay for it and it and you can listen to the recordings. Mm. And there are moments during the night where I'm talking really? and I could hear myself like what I was saying in these like dreams. Damn. Yeah. Just little like sentences or words, like oh, okay. random shit. Like, was it like what? anything interesting or yeah, I can't remember. I was kind of just like, what are you talking about? Like, just yeah, yeah, gibberish, yeah. like having a conversation with something mm. or somebody. Um, yeah, it's, and that's, you know, there's all these theories or hypotheses that this is the dream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in the dream, well, yeah. which, you know, there's no, nobody can say that we're not. Like, Have you seen them, the craziest Reddit stories on TikTok? No. No. If you're not on TikTok, you got to get on it. It's really good, man. But they give that this awesome <laughs> No, I'm not story. touching it. I looked bro, at it once. It's, you you, you should be a TikTok it. sponsor right it's now. Fire, bro. It's fire, bro. I'm on Telegram, and I'm, <laughs> I'm almost ready to delete Instagram. Oh, but but there's some happens. amazing stuff I've seen on TikTok, like when it comes to spirituality and teaching and stuff like that. But anyway, there's this crazy Reddit stories where this guy, he kept having dreams, but in his dreams, he'd live like full lifetimes in his dreams. Like he'd remember having like kids and a wife, and he'd wake up every morning, he'd be, he'd be mourning. But um, this guy went to a psychologist, went to all these different people, no one could figure out what, what was wrong with him. But nothing, nothing, nothing was wrong with him. Yeah, but I, you've experienced it similar too, um, where you've lived the whole life. But that was yeah, that was, that was a DMT trip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're always good. So you went through the hero's journey because that's right, right, that's what through. every trip should be. Mm. And if the trip wears off too soon, it's you haven't you haven't completed that full process or rebirth. That's true. Because I remember the time I did DMT when I, when I finished it, I had to do all these different voices, or one voice in my head telling me this stuff that was distinct from my own, like by yeah. by a mile. And he was saying that this is the real reality. And you said, you're living in the dream now. And the more you can pull from this reality into this one, you can actually begin to, to merge this world with like a lucid dream, where you'd almost manifest, manifest instantly. And yeah. there's other been times where I've had that voice talking to me and also seeing a blue face. And as he's talking to me in this like trance state, the TV is playing in the other room and he'll stop talking and the TV will start and I can hear them both and it's in sync. So he'll stop talking and the words he, to finish his sentence, it's on the TV. And he's saying everything's connected as one. And that was the trippiest experience I've ever, ever, I've ever had. Well, yeah, everything is one. Yeah. yeah. And um, like all of those journeys, trips, plant medicines, mm. it is, it's taking us into that unified field that we talked about where everything exists, all possibilities, all dimensions across all time and space. And mm. there's timelessness in there, bliss consciousness. And ultimately, if, that, if we can bring that knowledge back into this, mm. that's where, you know, Everything drops away. Lack, limitation, fear, separation, mm. ego, like it's all doesn't exist there. 100%. And that's why, you know, when you do it with people in a group, whether it's psilocybin or DMT or, mm. you know, ayahuasca, San Pedro, whatever the medicine is, you see that energy 
between us and you see that light body and the role of the shaman is actually to like you said with with your trip going through that journey it's to to help people through that journey it's mm. if they get stuck at one of the steps they can get stuck in that dark shadow that phase that cave mm. or they can have stuff stuck to them that's interfering with that and then it's up to the shaman to remove that or yeah. to support them through that and that's that's the basics of it have you ever had to um turn a client away or someone away from a group ceremony with those things they placed you to things that are attached or things that could interfere or things that could throw off the energy of the room does that, I, ha that happen to you i always ask why mm. okay even last night we had the beautiful breathwork session with eight people and then had dinner at my place and i was speaking about um psilocybin and how mm. i've started taking people for one-on-one -on -one sessions mm. and one of the girls who's beautiful she's amazing great chick um was just like oh yeah sign me up i am in and i just and she was like yeah i'm in i'm like yeah, yeah we'll have a chat about it you know yeah, this yeah, way yeah. <laughs> and she's like okay. yeah um you know send me the details and i'm like well and somebody else asked me the question of like mm. you know what 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 do you look for and i said well i always ask why like why do you want to sit with this why do you want to do this medicine like if they turn around and they go oh, i just want to have you know a good time and just like have an epic trip but like yeah. well sorry but i'm not you know holding that space for you mm. but in terms of like attachments and energy and that i feel like i'll feel instantly Mm. And my, I don't know if you follow human design at all, but the way that I'm made up, I will now. my blue box, <laughs> that is a deep rabbit hole. That is like, that's a game changer, human design. Mm. Human designs come out of the Vedic teachings and it's a combination of like astrology and the Vedas and all of that. Okay. Um, it's like mysticism and philosophy, but basically the short of it, which it is the short of it because it's a deep layer. Because mm. they talk about every soul that's come down into this lifetime is has got a particular blueprint. It's got a particular reason for being here and it's got particular attributes that make it, you know, like what it is. Like a soul contract kind of thing. Like yeah. a soul contract. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it comes down to there's, there's five um, types, only five. Mm. So you've got a manifester who they are just fucking great at being like, show me the money, you know, whatever. We're going to do this project. We're going to have these people. It's boom, it's going to happen. So mm. they're very visionary. You've got a manifested generator who can have the manifestation, but then they work towards it. They know okay. how to like hustle and push and, yeah, and yeah. get there to the goal. Yeah. Whereas the manifestors are kind of like those, you know, motherfuckers that are like BMW and then poof, BMW. Or it's like, you know, I'm gonna buy this crypto coin and then buy it, it goes through the roof. They just, they just, <laughs> yeah, they just know how to like manifest. Manifestor generators have got to work for it a bit more. Mm. Generators just work. You know, they're they're probably more your, your city people and your, your office jockeys and whatever that they just oh, they just generate. They generate income, they generate energy. Just like the workarounds. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So your projectors obviously mm. project outward. So their energy is then projecting outward mm. to, to the to the collective and they're projecting, you know, out into what do we see happening in a year, what do we see happening in the future? Mm. There's a shit ton of people in those four categories. Mm. Now I fall in the fifth category. The fifth category is 1% of the entire population and they call them reflectors. Reflectors. Basically, we are mirrors for the community and it's the health and well-being and the vitality of the community. So mm. 
and I see this so much in the work that I do. It's like mm. how I'm feeling and how my energy is is going to impact everybody around me. Mm. The same with if my energy is not good and I'm around people, I'm generally everyone's going to be in this like low vibe sort of energy. So we have no defined centers. We're basically translucent or transparent. And the mm. way that I work as a reflector is I'm subconsciously sampling your aura mm. and your aura and noticing what I like and what I don't like and what's, mm. what's, what's good and what's not good. Okay. So it's great in the work that I do, but in terms of attachments and dark energy or entities or whatever you want to call it, mm. I don't see them okay. and okay. I don't look for them. Oh, I yeah, don't yeah. look for them. I, you're a different wavelength, I suppose. I, that's where I, I used to be like, because one of my good friends, um, Joel, is always seeing them and talking about them. Joel Camp? Joel Camp, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always, yeah, Earth it's Blessings. Yeah, yeah. Joel, Joel sees them and in the work Joel does, he's always removing them and clearing them and whatever. I now, with the work that I'm, I'm doing and learning, feel that if the vibration's high enough and the space is set and the scene is safe and you've cleared it and people mm. have come in and it's a beautiful loving container, then anything that's not of the highest vibration can fuck right off and mm. not be in there. Occasionally you'll feel, I'll feel something mm. or I'll even after the session's finished, like last night, I'll give that place like a good clearing, I'll burn whatever I need to, smoke my pacho, I'll burn sage, I'll clear it, um, I'll do light work, whatever and then I'll go and sleep in the house and I feel fine. Um, you know, nice. if, I know for a fact though, if you're not doing those practices, mm. I know that I'll feel it. If I'm, yep. not, if I'm not on top of that energy hygiene, um, yeah, because ultimately when you're in your highest vibration or in your light, mm. that stuff that's lower vibration, because that's all it is, and ultimately everything's neutral. This is where I, I do get not frustrated but people talking about the darkness and the dark and I sometimes do because the mm. light and dark everything's polarity but ultimately everything's neutral we're all living on this planet earth as one consciousness mm. and that one consciousness is love and so when we want to go and say oh dark energy or we look for darkness or mm. we're looking for the negative or whatever like there's low vibration and there's high vibration and that's a feeling thing that's like mm. you know negative nancy walks in the room you feel that yeah 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 you know your og best friend that's just like an epicurean walks in and you feel that you know mm. yeah so no i okay. don't and i don't that's interesting at this point yeah. in time i i have all my practices and things that i i use mm. in retrospect of if something was to enter the space or if something was to be there but yet to this day have i felt it or experienced it or had a situation where i've been like oh there was some dark shit going on in here oh, okay yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i heard you mention something about like um energy hygiene yep what's your like energy hygiene protocol that you go through like on a daily or like a weekly so one of the easiest and simplest things that I speak to everybody about is violet flaming or white lighting yourself. And that's mm. like Reiki 101. One of the first things you learn when you do Reiki teaching is before you put your hands on anybody, you violet flame it. And it is literally, you are just visualizing 
this beautiful white flame or this violet flame coming down and covering your entire body, head to toe. It's as if you're absorbed in this universal light because you all, everybody's a light being. Everyone's this luminous, luminous being. And you just, it's almost like you're bringing down all your protection. Like my friend, um, Brendo, who's just really got into his breathwork practice and the, and the holotropic and biodynamic breathwork, he said the other day it was, we connected to the inner child and he, he's like, I just visual, I could visualize like these two warriors like standing in front of my inner child with like these shields and swords mm. that were like, and that, that's our guides. That's like, you know, we've, we've got many guides and many protectors that mm. we can call on. So for me, one of my simplest mantras when I walk into a space is thank you guides of the highest truth, love and compassion for all for coming in now and supporting me and providing all the guidance that I need. Boom. So like they enter the space. Mm. They're there because they're all living on another dimension, on another plane, and mm. they're there to protect you. And your guides have guides. So their nice. guides are going to protect them. Um, and oh, do you yeah, know, you're very well thought out and proactive in this. Yeah. Oh, it's very it's, well. It's, yeah. it's it's been an evolving process, mm. but it's just it happens naturally now. So I got out of the car before I walked in. As I'm walking across, I'm just visualizing white light. Sometimes you zip and it's like, then you've got a zip and you zip up oh, and yeah. zip down. Yeah, just be like nothing. You know, enter. When I do ceremony, um, you open the four directions. So east, south, west, north. You can call in guides for each direction, mm. asking for each direction from the four places and below and above. And it's just protection, it's just having those things. And then the ocean is my best friend. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'll finish a workshop or a retreat and I'll be straight to the ocean to get in there. Um, and don't underestimate the power of a shower. Just getting in the shower mm. and intention is the thing. It's all about intention. It's like, you just walk into a space where there's a healing session or a group session and you just walk in, which I used to do when I first started retreats, be in a group of 20 people in Bali and I'd be like, you know, give me all your stuff. Tell me, you know, how bad was it? What happened to you? Like just people talking about abuse, trauma, domestic violence, like, you know, real heavy stuff. And I didn't have any of these protection mechanisms. I just had all this mind of like, you know, helping these people, you mm. know? And I was, that's when I was the sickest in my oh, guts. Really? Okay. Was, wow. was when I was doing that, it was, it actually felt like I was twisting inside. Your body was carrying all this. Yeah, yeah, was holding onto all of it. And it was like sickness, like I was not well. You looked at my face, mm. I was like very drawn under the eyes and like, just like tired all the time. Mm. Then I started learning about energy work and it doesn't happen anymore. Who okay. were some of your mentors when you first started out? When I first started in that space? Yeah. Well, one of the first that I learned a lot from was Gabby Bernstein. Oh, who, yeah. And again, she's not for everybody because she's a very like beautiful, glamorized like American. But mm. I, did, I did some learning with her and that was a lot about light work mm. and working with the light and a lot of the... Energy protection, manifestation, um, connecting to your guides and higher powers and things like that. Um, and then lately, Alberto Violdo, who's in America, that's only been in the last three months. Darpan, who I check in with every now and then, and Darpan's just really 
busy most of the time. He's got a retreat space over in Byron where he does ayahuasca oh, ceremonies. Byron yeah, in Byron Bay. Damn, okay, yeah. trip time. Um, he was over here earlier this year before everything closed down. Um, and I've only heard recently that he was sneaking around Blazing Swan, just like oh really hanging out, just like saying hello to people. But oh, true. Nobody, <laughs> nobody realised it was him. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So he's 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 probably the most fascinating. City with Darpan, D A R P A N. D A R P A N. Okay, yeah. wicked. Look that up. He does yeah. chant. He does music as well, where he's like he's journeying with the medicine and he's talking and channeling like mm. about a new vision and what's happening to the planet and we're entering this part in the solar system that we haven't been in for 26,000 years and the high oh, frequency yeah, yeah, energy from the well. sun and that's all him that's um, done those recordings. Um, but he actually did a track, I think, 11 years ago called Metamorphosis and it was basically explaining our planet's about to go through this metamorphosis mm. where here's what's going to happen, consciousness is going to start to evolve rapidly. Um, the darkness is going to come to the surface and we're going to start to realise that the way that we've been living for so long is not sustainable and we have to go back to, you know, nature and we have to go back mm. to learning or ultimately we are going to completely destroy the planet. He's like, and so she, Mother Earth, is taking us through our own rebirth. Mm. And last year when he spoke, he was like, we are in the shadow. So we're going through that hero's journey process he doesn't call it the hero's journey but mm. we're going through that process of of rebirth and and a new earth that Eckhart Tolle talked about yep. or the you know ancients talked about the shift from the uh, Piscean age into the Aquarian yeah. age it's in the book of Daniel as well yeah it's it's all yeah. there and the Celestine prophecy which is hands down I think the number one book everyone needs to go and read where the <laughs> yeah, I've got that book at the shelf and I've been told so many times to read the book, but like I just haven't read it, and it's like again the synchronicity. Like read that book. The whole book's yeah. about the it's about that. The first yeah. nine insights, and the first insight is mm. people start to have these coincidences, and they start to have these things happening on a regular basis, where they mm. start to believe that there is something beyond Greater. us. Yeah, mm. and that's the beginning. And they've only got to get that glimpse. It might be. A breath work it might be plant medicine it might be a conversation it might be meditation and they mm. get that glimpse of that bliss molecule that yeah. that that space of you know the void and then that's enough they're in they're hooked it's crazy. i remember i did a um, psilocybin ceremony one-on-one -on -one with a good friend of mine he was he'd been trained by the shamans in peru came back here and he did like an ayahuasca ceremony just with the mushrooms and i didn't think it would work but it worked really well and at one point I was closing my eyes and I could see like this gold and purple light like spinning around me like and then I saw like, a Buddha statue and like all these different patterns and I heard that this noise like a doom and I thought my friend was like doing the crystal ball over my eyes and he's not even there. It's just that noise is ringing in my head so loud and in like a glimpse of a second I could understand how this whole universe is held together with like the vibration. Vibration. And the second I tried to think about it I, I lost it but in that fraction of a second it was just everything made sense. Well, I think the thing, I mean, we, like the thing is with those journeys, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, it's like we want to we wanna explain, explain the whole thing. We want to be able to like articulate yeah. what we saw and you know, the, the seven grams that I, I had at Karajini, that was the same thing, like <laughs> laid out on this rock, surrounded by little Bro. pigeons. <laughs> and seven grams? Yeah, of penis <laughs> envy. And at sunrise, like by myself Bro. and it was it was like being on air i was like laid out 
I, I, I felt so safe, but at the same time, I, I had a bit of a purge. It was all feminine. It was all sacred feminine wounding. My left leg was like shaking and I was spitting just the clear liquid shit out that I had to. Yeah. And then I heard this rustling behind me and I'd heard of these bird tribes, they call them, where mm. birds are higher consciousness. Like, it's so obvious. Mm. Like, you know, they're just flying around, singing their songs, just, just mm. doing bird things. But I heard this rustling and I like looked over my shoulder and on this little ledge was this little like pigeon had this little like feather, like a little tribesman. And it was there and it was like having a conversation. It was like, he's here, he's here. It's like, this is him, this is him, oh, he's here. It was like all excited and I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm here. And I'm like laying there waiting. And the next minute I could hear like, like, and I looked behind me and there was like nine of them all standing there, oh, wow. just all just like hovering over me. I was like, all right, I'm like definitely in the journey now. Mm. And um, I looked up to the horizon on the, on the ridge line. There's this tiny little bloodwood, this tree. And for some reason, doesn't need to be a reason. It was like, that was my master of the journey. It was like, that was my, my guide. And I was like, looking up there, I was just like, what am I here for? I was like, I know, like, you know, I'm doing this work. I know, like, why I'm here. I feel like I know my purpose, but I need confirmation. Like, what mm. am I here to do? Like, what is this? And then, it, and that's why that, that beautiful artwork, you know, speaks to me a lot. Cause it was mm. like, then it just started taking me up through higher layers of consciousness. Like there's these feathery white clouds all up through the, there and they, they come down south as well. Mm. And they call, some people refer to them as the Terranyadi, which are like all the ancestors, the indigenous ancestors. Mm. And they're just swirling over and I could see their faces like these tribal elders. Black cockies, that's the indigenous ancestors. The black cockies are strong yeah. spiritual. Just bird, flew eh? over. Oh, really? um, and so they were there and then, and then I'd heard of this Lakota medicine woman, they call her the white buffalo medicine woman. Mm. And she's everywhere as well. And then, then she was above them, this, this really strong um, loving presence of this white buffalo medicine woman. And mm. in Lakota medicine, like in um, Native Americans, they, there's this story of this of this medicine woman that went off into the horizon and she she basically transmuted into a a red uh, sorry a brown buffalo and then a red buffalo and then a white buffalo and then she disappeared wow. and, and that that medicine's come through strong a lot and then it just just kept going up with Jesus's face coming at one point and then the Palladians were there and that was about as far as it got I was like what well, you know that's pretty what's, far. what's that's beyond pretty far, what's yeah. beyond them like you know more like no yeah. doubt there's more beyond Never ending, them. i suppose but there's no there's no real meaning you know it doesn't have to be like oh like mm. i had this and i'm i'm the i'm the you know reborn jesus or whatever it's just like all of that's there it's available to us yeah. and we can connect to that and gabby has a, a a great quote that's like if you knew who walked beside you you would have no fear mm. It's like if you knew the guides, the angels, the archangels, the, the high vibrational beings that supported you and, mm. and wanted the best for you, fear wouldn't be an issue. Mm. Oh, damn, interesting. Damn, mm. man, but how much fear did you have going into a seven gram ceremony? Because I know five I grams. None. I actually had none. That's incredible. They, I feel so safe yeah. with them. And I had more in the bag and I left it there. I was like, Dude. I knew exactly that's enough. I kept the, the few in the bag that, mm. that I had there. So there probably would have been eight 
in the bag in total. So there would have been a gram left. The very end of the journey, when I sort of come back into my body, I was so like dry and sunburned because it was like steaming oh, sun. And I just laid there for hours like in, in this troop. And um, then I could hear, I could feel a masculine and a feminine presence coming in. And at one point I felt like Jake, um, my breathwork brother, had my right arm and, and, and Jade, who's like a really close friend, had my left and I felt like they were holding me through it and I was like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm fine, I'm all good. But then... But they weren't there? They weren't there, nah. And I was really like, are they here or are they not here? And then I was like, I was like maybe... Because at, at that point in time, Jade was in Exmouth and Jake was in the other side of Karajani National Park. Maybe they're the guys that you incarnated with here. Exactly. Like, you know? That's where I've, I've re I reached out to them post-journey and was like... Because I'm very close with them anyway, but I'm like, I just yeah. need you two to know I'm going on this, this path, you know, of my journey and I, you two, I know I already do have your support, mm. but that at times I need to just be held by the two of you. Like, mm. I'm going to need to come to you and be like, I'm fucking lost and I'm overwhelmed or whatever. Mm. Um, a lot of the time, for me, the collective just comes up. It's like I feel just, and I clear this energy, like, for for the feminine, for the masculine, for the wounding, for the traumas, like, and it's not even my stuff. And yeah. I, I can get very, like, intense, and sometimes I need, like, I've got a beautiful lady down in yelling up um, that does sessions with me, and mm. sometimes I need to just, she'll, <laughs> she'll have her elbows pinned into me or somewhere where it's stuck, and I'll just be, like, crying or screaming or mm. and having visuals of Aboriginal girls being taken by oh, their wow. captives and, like... I think of past life potentially. You had a lot of um, past life and indigenous. Yeah, yeah. Tribes, that's been yeah. a big part. And I've had I've had oracles and healers and stuff, you know, say that I've had this big long lineage of matriarchal healers, like these mm. women that have been healers that have been persecuted or something mm. because of their healing power. Like oh wow yeah, and I've had I have I've had dreams and journeys before where I've felt like somebody's like cut my throat and 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 cut it. Mm. And it was from speaking the truth. It was from like telling the truth to the masses. Yeah. And because of that, I was like persecuted. Um, Damn, man. So it's Someone been really hard yeah. in the last 12 to 18 months because mm. there have been times where I've gone very outward yeah. and I've spoken my truth about what I think is happening. And I've had family breakdowns, I've had friendships break down, I've had people just lose their shit, like... Yeah, it happens, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know in here, what I believe is true. the truth. And I also have compassion that they have their version of the truth yeah. that's mm. potentially distorted and coerced by mainstream media. Yeah. And you just have to, I always say, come back to love. Mm. Like me and my dad had a massive blow up maybe 12 months ago. Is, that, he, quite, that, is he quite spiritual as well? Or? Nah, no, like, yeah. okay. well, not at all really. Like, yeah. I think he probably is more than I give him credit, but he's mm. like, you know, rat bag child, had a tough childhood, pretty like rebellious as a young mm. man, got in heaps of trouble, so I'm playing yeah, footsies with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, I, honestly, I understand now how my soul chose them as my parents mm. because they had to go through so many initiations that then allowed me to be the person I am. Mm. But um, yeah, the, I wouldn't say spiritual, I would say open-minded, but 
yeah, it was just one point in the year last year where I was very active about everything that the agenda that's basically out now yeah i was saying this is what they're going to push people yeah. were like you're yeah. fucking crazy you're a lunatic like da 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 da. stop sharing this shit you don't know what you're talking about you know yeah, dude. it's not yeah. your profession yeah. blah blah yeah. blah lose yeah. a lot of friends and yeah. i just kept like going with it i had people like keynote speaking fun. and um just public speaking in general what did you have to overcome to start speaking about this sort of stuff publicly um nothing really <laughs> Oh, really? I've always loved speaking. Like, you That's ask, true. Yeah, you'll ask, you know, ask family and stuff. Mm. And I know there was a component in the beginning that was, it was coming from my ego a lot. It was like, I just wanted to be on the stage. And I know I have a lot to share. And mm. I, lo- I know that one of my gifts is speaking. But early doors, like even I used to do a lot of coaching. I was mm. a PT like yourself. Um, then coaching sports, you know, I loved giving like the, the, the pregame pump up and mm. really inspiring and, yeah. you know, obviously we look back to 15 nerding out on all those, you know, guys, um, self-development de- self space. Mm. But even in high school, I was like calling team meetings at lunchtime to like fire up the boys for the yeah. game on the weekend. <laughs> and, like, they were like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, we've got to like get in there and like, you know. Um, but to, I think for, for me, getting into that space of um, speaking like at big events, mm. it was probably clarity around what I actually had to say. Because, mm. you know, as you found, and I know this is a part of who I am and mm. as a reflector, I've got many, you know, gifts and things that I would say I'm good at, but it's finding what is going to be maximum impact with that time. Mm. I think when I was doing the keynote speaking, I realized kind of wasn't leveraging the space enough, you know? It's like you're doing an hour and a half keynote to a thousand people, great. Mm. Being paid pretty good money to do it. but ultimately, you might leave, you know, a few nuggets there for, you know, half the audience, and then half the audience may forget about you three weeks later. True, true. Um, yeah. Whereas having a circle or a group session for twenty people and doing that really well—two mm. hours, three hours—knowing that you've had like the breathwork sessions, like you know, people finish and you see. The change mm-hmm. like you see the energy like they can't stop smiling they're like just buzzing like with mm-hmm. with a change in in physiology um again i've just gone on a tangent but yeah i don't think i had to overcome that's perfect anything okay. at all it was that's just dope. getting clear on what i actually had to share mm. Mm. and what do you have you have you found clarity on what you think your purpose is and what you're actually here for 100 percent. yeah carrageeny was a big part of that was the seven grand to bring people back to nature yeah yeah nature and that's nature within themselves, mm. their truth of their a spirit or a soul having this human experience mm. and that there is no life or death as just coming back, going through it again. Mm. And ultimately what we're doing here is we are clearing karma. It's like we are doing the work on ourselves so mm. that when we do reincarnate, yep. We're a better version of ourselves, and if everybody could do that, the planet would be becoming. I'm not going to say would be. I would say is becoming. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the most important for people to focus on? To say, who are in their teens and coming into adulthood and that sort of thing. What do you think will be a, a primary focus for them to 
<laughs> I wanted to say psilocybin, but you know. <laughs> hey, um, go do that when you're 15. Yeah. Um, for teenagers, and I really do fear for teenagers, mm. not for me personally, but I see the lack of purpose. I see this for young men too, a lot yeah. of men, uh, that, that don't have purpose. They, they, they might have material goals, they might have a good job, mm. but they're lacking that fulfillment mm. and they have that calling of like, I want to be doing something more, mm. maybe in service to others or maybe, you know, that's just more sustainable or giving back. And I'm currently in this job or stuck in this cycle or this paradigm of, you know, doing FIFO, having a massive mortgage, you know, putting the golden handcuffs on, which is just like, just keep making money. And that's mm. my role or identity. Yeah. But ultimately underneath, they, they don't feel that. Um, so for young people, I really do think all needs, there needs to be a rite of passage for everybody, especially young men. Uh, what age would you say that would be? 15 to 18. Okay, yeah, yeah. You look at every other culture just about. That's true. There's a rite, rite of passage. passage yeah. Our rite of passage in Australia is schoolies. And that's no joke. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's not a joke, but it's it, actually true. Yeah. When you get through school, you get to go to this location, party, whatever. You buy alcohol for the first time. You potentially purchase drugs for the first time. You have heaps of sex for the first time. Mm. You get to go and buy a house full of food for the first time. And you do that, and that is effectively the symbol of you've now made the transition from teenager to an adult or a man. Yeah. It's very simple when you think about it. You're looking at sex, food, drugs. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. in the life chasing that. Yeah. Oh, and money, obviously. And it's, money, it's yeah. just numbing or sedating mm. the, the what's going on under the surface. But, you know, there's some people popping up um, all over the place, the making mm. of men, which is Dr. Arna Rubenstein. He was one of the guys that sort of pioneered this in Australia of taking groups of young men out into country. Oh, that's cool. And with their fathers as well. Oh, and nice. doing like oh, wow, walk, crazy. walks in nature, mm. storytelling around the fireplace, um, facilitated, you know, connection between the father and the son. Um, there's a few other people doing similar work. That's but, very cool. Hey, what's that yeah. guy's name? Uh, yeah. Dr. Arna, or Arnie Rubenstein. And it's called the making of men. Making of that's men. awesome. Dude. Yeah, wicked. Yeah, program. and it, and again, like incredible program. Um, I know they've been doing some stuff with some of the private school boys, mm. um, but it's something that really needs to be available widely. Yeah. But then yeah. the challenge you have is, funding. we've not so much funding, yes, but there's these systems in place where oh, yeah. the father has gone through without having this done, mm. and so the father's not aware or connected or conscious of what's happening for the teenager mm. so the father's the, if the father healed himself first that would have an impact on the teenager yeah mm. but it's like with those say say for example working with the private schools or working with the, the families that have you know got the money yeah. then the father's probably a bit more educated and aware that oh, i need to be working on myself and you know mm. being the best i can for my family um they might invest in it whereas you know you go to a Western, not Western, because that's where the rich place is. Yep. Let's go like to 
low socioeconomic area, mm. the dad's going to be like, I'm not fucking going sitting around like talking about my feelings with other people. That's like, yeah, that's true. And yeah. so then the kid's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that either. Like, I'll just go on social media and just, you know, live my life there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, for young teenagers, I think the big thing is getting them connected to the country and to the nature mm. because we all need that. Yeah. And the Indigenous know this. It's like you take, an in, you take a person out of their natural environment, they lose connection to spirit. Yeah. yeah so true. that's why a lot of Indigenous struggle with mental health because they don't feel connected to life. Mm. Yeah, You've, they've been taken off their like it's even the same for us. Like I live in Margaret River. I went to Exmouth for two months. Mm. My for the first couple of weeks, I had to really get used to the energy because the whole land, yeah. everything's different energy, different temperature, different trees, different like wind, different frequency, mm. and you feel very unsettled in that environment. That's true. Yeah. And then when yeah. I came back, same thing. Took me a good week or two to in my own space at home get connected back to the earth. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Go yeah. Um, at least I've heard you say a, a lot about connecting with nature. Um, I think today was probably one of the first experiences where like, went to the beach in the morning, got into the ocean, even though it was like literally like, dip in, dip out, I'm out. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, damn, okay, I feel really cleansed, like, like holy crap, like my, my mental state was clear. Um, my body just felt like it was energetically clear. So, like, how important is that as you're, as you're developing through your own journey, like, to, to connect with nature? Can you do it without? Can you just be like, all right. Well, let's think about how you felt after you did it. Yeah. That answers yeah. your question. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is very true. It's, um, yeah, it was crazy. Like, it, it was like I was sitting in the car. I was like, damn, like. It's free, Damn, it's readily available, yeah. and it's, there's an endless amount of it. Mm. It's just, it doesn't have to be complicated, you know? Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. I said, those people that come to me maybe for their first session, we do our first session, I might do breath work or hypnotise them or do something, and then they're like, what can I do at home? I'm like, for the next week, for 20 mm. minutes every day, just go and sit your ass on a piece of earth mm. and just be there without your phone, without anything. Just go and sit there and just connect back to the earth. Nice. And that connection, you know, reestablishes. It's like I love saying we're plugged in, tapped in, turned on. It's like we're plugged in to there, we're tapped into there, and we're mm. turned on, we're like ready to go. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah. Now, now to wrap this yeah. up, one last question. Can you run us through like a quick breathwork technique we can use to help us like lower anxiety or be more present? This is probably just for me personally, I'm being a bit selfish, but like I get a lot of anxiety <laughs> when it comes to like um, social anxiety um, before I speak yeah. all the time. Well, there a there's, a, we there's a technique that everybody probably knows, but do they really know how to do it and, and utilize it? And it's honestly, when you, when you ask a shaman or you ask any of those um, healers, they'll talk about this technique and mm. it's the 4444, which is square breathing, they call it in our society. And, that it gets contorted because it's like, oh, I breathe in for four, I breathe out for four, I breathe in for four, I breathe out for four. It's not how it works. Mm. So the idea with that, and there's so much science now that quantifies this of the coherence and creating coherent state yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And so it's in for four, hold the breath at the top as if you're full for four. Okay. I'll do it with you. And then it's a 
for four, mm. you empty and you hold it out empty for four. And then All you right. go in again. If I had a drum, I would drum for you. <laughs> okay, but no. we'll just do it um, in silence mm. because that rhythm is what brings the body back into parasympathetic. Oh, no. And oh, Navy no, SEALs okay. actually stole this. The, the, mm. the US Navy SEALs were using this in training so that after combat, after the people had been in firing, getting shot at, they need to go back and reset. They would use this technique to do that. Nice. So let's do it. Oh, here we go. Together. So just take a deep inhale and just let it go through the mouth. And again. And inhale for four, three, Two, one, hold the breath. Four, three, two, one. Let it go for four, three, two, one. Empty for four, three, two, one. Inhale, four, three, two, one. Hold for four, three, two, one, exhale, four, three, two, one, empty, four, three, two, one, inhale, four, three, two, one, full, four, three, two, one, exhale, four, three, two, one, empty, four, three, two, one. So notice how I lengthened the count time. So it was still doing four, three, two, one, mm. but you were actually breathing for longer. And so when you actually look at your breath rate normally, people are living in this anxious stress state. Mm. It's like 12 to 15 breaths per minute. So that'd be an inhale, exhale would be one. Usually we take 12 to 15. You mm. can extend that to like 20. That's when you start to really regulate your nervous system and create harmony between all the organs and mm. keep all the organs happy and not have a stress response. And so the idea is and when you get up first thing in the morning, that's the first thing is just doing that square breathing and building it up mm. to being able to do five seconds, or six seconds. And that alone is the technique that'll take you out of fight or flight. Wow. Oh, damn. Beautiful. You notice like when you do it, when you breathe out, the whole body just wants to relax. relax yeah. Mm. Yeah. So That's a little five minutes in the morning, five minutes before you go to sleep. Beautiful. Yeah. And oh, okay. Another little quick one is if you want to get to sleep a little bit easier. Okay. Long extended exhale through pursed lips. Pursed lips, all right. So you just a normal inhale and then Nice, so I need that keep one. Keep doing that and then all of a sudden you're oh, out. really beautiful, yeah. mate. All awesome. it would do is averagely take you to fall asleep. 
I reckon five of those and I'm out. Oh, that's true. Good. That's yeah. what I need, actually. Yeah. Unless it's a full moon. Then it might be okay, like the full five moon's hours. Last, was it last night, full moon? <laughs> yeah, like two yeah. or three, two days ago. The last, yeah. the last two nights I couldn't get to bed till like 2 a.m. Yeah. Oh, really? And this moon, this Aries moon, is, is it's in Mars and Mars energy is all about fighting and, and warrior energy mm. and, and really standing up for what you believe and things. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting paradox that yeah. Yeah, everything's happening on the full moon. Yeah. That is, that is yeah. the transition. Well, dude, this is a bit of a way to end it, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, this was thank a, you so a much. Great You're welcome. Podcast, man. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we are highly blessed to have Sean K on the show. And um, if you want to check him out, his Instagram is Sean K369. And you'll also find all his links and his um, con contacts towards his retreats and all his projects that he's hosting. And yeah, do you have anything to add? Uh, he, does have a, he does have a link tree. We have everything on there, Uplift Retreats, Manifestation Magic Workshops, I mean, Conscious Community. He's got so much going on, you gotta check him out. Yeah, highly recommended, and we'll see you next week.